letter of John. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health, just as well with your soul. I was overjoyed when the friends arrived and testified to your faithfulness to the truth, namely how you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever do for the friends, even though they are strangers to you. They have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on in a manner worthy of God, for they begin their journey for the sake of Christ, accepting no support from non-believers. Therefore, we ought to support such people so that they may become co-workers with the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge the, our authority. So if I come, I will call attention to what he is doing in spreading false charges against us, and not content with those charges. He refuses to welcome the friends, and even prevents those who want to do so, and expels them from the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but imitate what is good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Everyone has testified favorably about Demetrius, and so has the truth itself. We also testify for him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. Instead, I hope to see you soon, and we will talk together face to face. Peace to you. The friends send you their greetings. Greet the friends each by name. Hear the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. How are we? Super. Well, that was a good one. Super. It's my privilege to share with you this morning on the letter of 3 John, or the third letter of John. Last week, we looked at 2 John, and uh, both of these letters, 2 and 3 John, are nice and short. So uh, be of no fear, it won't be a long sermon <laughs> this morning. And in fact, this may be the last time that I share with you in this manner. Um, as you might have saw the announcement at the start, my last Sunday is, is next week. And so I just want to stay before I uh, move into the sermon this morning. To, I want to thank everyone here for the privilege it has been to, to serve you and to have the privilege to share in this way, to preach. And uh, I don't take it lightly. And so thank you. We looked at 2 John last week. Stuart uh, preached magnificently. And uh, I don't have to say that anymore because I'm not going to be here much longer. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Stuart is a great preacher. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if I can be anywhere near as good as him, I will have, have done myself a service. So uh, it is this letter today that we come to that is one of the pastoral letters of the New Testament. And when we look at pastoral letters in the New Testament, it's always... Uh, quite specific. There's a relationship between the writer, in this case John, and the reader. Uh, and the reader's name, if you caught it in verse 1 there, is Gaius. Such a great name. Um, I know there's many Gaiuses in the, in the room this morning. I'm definitely sure that's a common baby name at the moment. Uh, but uh, the, right, the writer here, John, is, is writing to his beloved friend, Gaius. 
And I've found that when reading these types of letters in the New Testament, it can be helpful to consider what it might mean if the letter were written directly to me. If I were Gaius. So I want to encourage us this morning. We're going to go on a bit of a journey. And I, uh, I like a little bit of interactivity when I uh, preach. I'm going to encourage us this morning to see ourselves as the recipient of this letter. So I'm going to ask you to do something as we, we go through this morning. I'm going to ask you, when we get to certain points, to insert your name, okay? To insert yourself on the story. So we're going to practice together. I'm going to give you an example. When you, I point to my, my chest, I would like you to point to your chest and say your name. So this morning, the, the letter is written to you, dear beloved, Dale. Try again. Here we go. The letter is written to you, dear beloved, Dale. Excellent. I think you got it a little bit wrong in the back there, Brad. It's supposed to be your day. Anyway. <laughs> and there's reasons for this. I, I want us to take a journey this morning. Firstly, when I read myself into Scripture, into the letters this way, I become a participant rather than an observer of Scripture. I'm not just observing what is happening. I'm not just looking at what the words mean to Gaius. I'm seeing myself as the person that this affects. It's not any longer about someone else. I am the one receiving the advice. I am the one receiving the counsel from John, the beloved. And it is my friend who is sharing with me this knowledge and godly advice that has my best interests at heart. Secondly, when I read in this way, I'm compelled to do something with it. It's very easy for us when we read things that don't involve us to just kind of go, okay, I'll shelve that, I'll put that on the side. Often we read things in the news, we read all sorts of things that don't implicitly, explicitly affect us, and we are able to disconnect. And I've found it really helpful that when you read Scripture, you find yourself in the pages. God speaking to us, John speaking to us, is really helpful and compels us to do something with what we are reading. Compels us to even think about what we might write back if we were to write back a letter. I'm not suggesting you do that today, but you could, you could. Lastly, I think something valuable in doing it this way is that you can consider the benefit for others to read Scripture personally in this manner. What it might mean for other people around you to consider what it means for Scripture to influence them directly, powerfully. Now, alternatively, if you, if you would rather not do this exercise this morning, because I know there will be some resistance, right? There is always going to be resistance. If you'd rather not, you can just change your name uh, to Gaius this morning, if you like. You can just be Gaius. I think that's, that's pretty popular, right? So if that's your choice this morning, then congratulations, your new name is Gaius. Well done. I'm sure your mother would have wanted to name you that to begin with. Um, but that, that's another option for you if you don't want to put your own name in. Enough with the tomfoolery. If we look at the first few verses here this morning, we look at verse 1 particularly, we see that it reads, the elder to the beloved, the elder to the beloved, you are loved, loved in truth, by others, by God, powerfully. It goes on to say, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health 
just as it is well with your soul. I was overjoyed when some of the friends arrived and testified to your faithfulness to the truth, namely how you walk in the truth. And I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my children are walking in the truth. I hope you can already see the value in this being directed towards you. This personalization has a number of implications for us. And the letter of 3 John has a number of powerful themes, key themes, and we're not going to touch on all of them today, just three. But the first here is about walking in truth. And you were encouraged this morning, Dale, you were encouraged to continue walking in the truth. You are loved. God is at work in you. And those that believe in you, trust in you, your friends, your family, those people, they continue to love you and will continue to love you. We need to walk in the truth. And I I want to encourage us this morning, and John wants to encourage, I'm going to keep doing it until people start doing it, wants to encourage Dale That walking in truth is not just being honest with our speech. That is incredibly important. It's not just not telling lies, although that is important. Walking in the truth here that John is writing about is the truth of the message of Jesus Christ. Walking in Jesus. Believing, knowing, living out day to day in our life and our world that he came to save us from our sins. To help us in our brokenness to make us whole, that forgiveness can be found in Jesus through faith and that life to the full can be lived now in relationship with God. Thanks to Jesus. This is the message of the truth that John is commending Dale to live in. To walk in the truth of the message of the gospel every day to know that God loves you, that you are loved, that you can make a difference in this world. You can make a difference in the lives of others. And that there are practical ways that as you walk in truth, you walk in the truth of this message, there are practical ways to do this. And the next few verses are explicit in how that works. And the entire New Testament is this resounding message that we must consider and push hard to walk in truth, not in dishonesty, not in false attitudes, false ideas, but walk in the truth of the message of the gospel. Verses 5 to 8 read to Dale, Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the friends, even though they are strangers to you. They have testified to your love before the church, you will do well to send them on in a manner worthy of God. For they began their journey for the sake of Christ, accepting no support from non-believers. Therefore, we ought to support such people so that we may become co-workers with the truth. Secondly, John encourages Dale that we have been hospitable to the stranger, but we must continue to be so. We must be hospitable to others, especially those who work for the gospel. And this is not just 
cooking a meal or having a bed ready for somebody else. Hospitality does not just mean that alone. It can mean so much more than that. In our modern day, perhaps the idea of people traveling and needing support from church to church has changed. It's a bit different now, a couple of thousand years later. The truth is, as a society in Australia, we are much more independent and self-sufficient. There is a lot less need to rely on others. In fact, it is quite rare for somebody to reach out in desperation and ask for our help, particularly in material ways. So as Christians who wish to be hospitable, to show biblical hospitality, as I'm going to frame it here, the type of hospitality that Dale is encouraged to do in this letter requires me to take active, proactive measures to show love to others. Who is the stranger in your world that you can reach out to, that you can show love? Who is the person that you know is working hard for the gospel, that you can co-worker with, that you can support, that you can give to help? Today, tomorrow, in the weeks and months to come, you are encouraged, Dale, to be a person of hospitality. How am I providing for the work of others? What time, resources, material or spiritual or other resources am I providing to show the love of God and the truth of God to others? This is hospitality. Just as much as cooking somebody a meal and offering them a bed would be. We are wealthy in our modern day and age beyond the dreaming of people in other nations. And currently in Queensland, we are blessed. We are not in lockdown. We are singing without masks. We are blessed. There are still difficulties. I do not take that away. We still face hardship. There are still struggles in our own lives. And I have no doubt amongst this room, this morning, there are many painful experiences happening. Don't discount that. But we have much to give. And our duty as Christians, my duty, Dale, as charged by this letter, is to be hospitable. We have a job to do. And this is just a continuation of walking in truth, to be honest. It's the practical application. Often when we talk about faith, we, uh, we can philosophize a bit. We can talk about the simplicity of belief. But real faith is faith with legs on, actions attached. When I go through the checkout at Woolies and I pay for the person's behind me's groceries. When somebody falls or has a trip, when I'm walking near them and I stop and I help them up. When I know that the young family down the road is in need and I drop a parcel with no name attached on their doorstep. These things. Next we read in verses 9 to 12. I have written some to the church, but Diotrephes, great name too, if you want that one you can have it. Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first. Hmm. I'm not going to ask you to think of a person you know who's like that, but I'm sure you can. 
Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will call attention to what he is doing in spreading false charges against us. And not content with those charges, he refuses to welcome the friends. He refuses to be hospitable. He chooses another path. And even prevents those who want to do so and expels them from the church. Not only does he not do it himself, he tries to stop others. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but imitate what is good. What Diotrephes was doing was evil. Imitate what is good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Everyone has testified favorably about Demetrius. We meet a new character here. And so has the truth itself. We also testify for him, and you know that our testimony is true. This is a tough part of this letter, and John encourages Dale to not live as Diotrephes, to not put myself first, but to put others in that position. Diotrephes clearly did not show hospitality and wanted to cause trouble and didn't listen to the authority that was in place. And John encourages Dale to not imitate him, to imitate that which is good, to be hospitable, to love, to care, to show extra grace, extra mercy, even if we don't understand, especially if we don't understand. To consider what is good and aim to live that way. It's easy not to do this. It's easy to take the negative Nelly approach and be pessimistic. Particularly of people. Oh, I've seen a person like that before. They just want to hand out. Oh, yeah, if they just pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and worked harder, they'd be all right. That's not kindness. That is not hospitality. I wonder if someone has ever surprised you with kindness. You can think of somebody right now who has inspired you by their actions. They have done good. What they have done is from God. And we are to imitate them. To make it really specific, Dale is to imitate them. You are encouraged to imitate what is good. To not put yourself first and above others. Make yourself king. But to rely on God and put others above yourself. This is really, really important. Jesus taught us that this is the way. This is the way. God first, love for myself and for others second. And I'm specific here on love for yourself and others second because that is exactly what it says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So it's pretty important here that you love yourself. Did you know that? You actually need to love who God has made you to be in order to love others well the way that God designed us. This is really important from a self-care perspective. We actually need to know 
that despite our brokenness and our lack, we are forgiven if we come to Jesus. We are made whole. We are loved. You are the beloved, not only by John in this letter, but you are loved by God. And because of who he has made you to be, you can love others well. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, Scripture says. Loved, forgiven, set free, restored. And Once we truly believe that, we can love others out of the right place. And it seems that we are given an example of a person who was like this. His name was Demetrius in our passage today. We know very little about Demetrius, except that he is honored here. Some great words said about him. Everyone testifies favorably about Demetrius, and so is the truth. So is God, and we testify about him, and you know that our testimony is true. Demetrius may have been, scholars think, one of these friends that Theotrephes treated poorly, possibly one of those that had come and had been pushed away, rejected, and he's commended here. Perhaps even Diotrephes brought the letter to Gaius, to Dale, and yet was treated so poorly. We have a responsibility to imitate what is good. This is our call. It's important that we persist in it. Lastly, we read the final couple of verses, 13 to 15. I have much to write to you, Dale, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. Instead, I hope to see you soon and we will talk together face to face. Stuart shared last week, and I'm going to share the sentiment again, that I think we're all sick of looking at people on screens. Um, It would be much nicer to see them face to face. And I think there's a powerful truth here that is being written to Dale powerful truth about relationship and the importance of it. Face-to-face communication. Join in together in community. Being on a screen is alright for a season, alright for a time, but we long for that. And hopefully, for those of us that have family elsewhere and friends elsewhere, those times will come soon. But it points to us even more so the value in being connected with others. How important it is that we realize that we are not to live this life alone. We are not to do this Christian life alone. We are to be a part of a community, the church, localized and more broadly, we are a part of the church. Those in the room here, those online, those brothers and sisters that worship in other ways, in other places. We're not to do this life alone. And we are to rely on each other. We are to love one another. This is important. And I feel that even here, as John encourages Dale to greet the friends by name, that we are to know each other. I'm going to encourage you this morning, a really practical thing. If you're sitting on this side this morning and you don't know somebody on that side this morning, when the service is finished and you have left the building and uh, possibly gone to Lakeview to get coffee, why don't you try and meet somebody new this morning? A new friend, a new brother, a new sister, 
in Christ, perhaps. Community is meant to be done together. This community is grounded in the scriptures, the church, and there is authority found in the scriptures. And in this letter, there is mention of authority and doing the right thing. We're encouraged to go back to the well, as it were, to dig deep, to pull up the water, drink. The message that we receive in our letter today is simple. It is for Dale. It's a message that stands for the gospel, stands for truth, stands for hospitality, and stands for goodness, imitating that which is good. As I mentioned, this will be possibly the last time I preach here at Rabina, and I am so grateful that I have experienced these things. <sighs> Always takes a moment. But I want to encourage you today that this letter is for you. That you are to walk in truth, hospitality, and goodness. Amen.